This is the national anthem of Grenada, Grenada, in the Eastern Caribbean Sea. Frank Corkwell is calling home for us from there this morning. It's your traditional, typical, tropical paradise, 348 square kilometres, about the same size in land area as Palmerston North. But with more people, 120,000 or so, they drive on the left-hand side. There's a prime minister, King Charles, as the head of state. Frank Corkwell is originally from Northland, and he's really been around the world since he left us. Good morning, Frank. Good morning to you. It's actually uh, late afternoon here, but good morning. Yeah, good morning or good afternoon. You've lived away from us for a long time, Frank. How how long now? Uh, I guess a bit over... 36 years. I, I mean, I basically left New Zealand when I was 21 after completing my um, mechanical engineering apprenticeship and, and, and very little time since then spent in New Zealand. You've worked in about 40 countries, I was reading, and you've visited about 140. And that may be a calling home record. Um, so <laughs> that's amazing. You've really been around the world, across the world. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, um, starting from, uh, you know, operating with Care Australia in Bosnia, then to Iraq, and then to Africa, supporting the operation and following or even during the Rwandan genocide in Zaire. Yeah, from there, I joined the Great Lakes team in, in Africa. I set up stuff in Tanzania. I spent the mm, best part of 12 years in Africa and, and, and visited most of it either through work or, or sort of through proximity for holidays. You've mentioned a couple of countries where being in might be a bit tricky at times. Have you ever been in danger? Have you ever had um, to, you know, run risks? Yeah, I guess there's been moments. Um, I don't know. I think the human psyche is quite adaptable to that, and you become blasé to it very quickly. I mean, of course, uh, Rwanda, Zaya had some challenging moments. Bosnia had some. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess Iraq as well. I mean, Iraq got pretty hostile. I mean, I spent three terms in Iraq in the 90s, 2000s, and then 2010s. Um, so, yeah, different risks at different times. Uh, and then, of course, the risks associated with, with civil unrest or, or earthquakes, uh, tsunamis. So it's sort of been a, a bit of a mix of it all before I ended up in the Caribbean best part of six years ago. Yeah, I bet you've got some stories to tell. Well, you're in a pretty peaceful place now in Granada, aren't you? Yeah, no, Grenada is Grenada's exceptional uh, country to live. Very peaceful country, lovely people, and the Caribbean in general. I've really enjoyed uh, my time in this region. Well, you deserve it after some of the other places you've been to. There's a little, is it a little insect? It's not distracting, it's quite charming. Is there a little insect behind you, or what's what's that little noise? Yeah, so I'm on a fairly large balcony um, overlooking a harbour here, uh, Benji Bay in, 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 in Grenada, and there's a little bird's nest about six or seven metres from me. And these are the chicks calling out to their mother to bring them some food. <laughs> you get three islands for the price of one, as it were, don't you, where you are? Grenada is the biggest of three islands. That's correct, yeah. You have Karakou and Petite Martinique as well. Okay. And I know it's a destination for cruise ships. And when you get off the cruise ship, you can um, take a little red sightseeing train, I see, <laughs> that toot toots along. Yes, there's there's that. Um, I mean, they have a underwater sculpture park. Uh, there's lots of chocolate gets made here as well. A little known fact: this is the second biggest exporter of um, nutmeg, and it's sort of it's called the Spice Island uh, because they also do cinnamon and various other 
spices, but chocolate's a big thing. So tourists can come and have a look at the chocolate factories, the process of making chocolate, how they deal with nutmeg, the drawings, you know, and the, and the preparation for that. Uh, and then, of course, you've got wonderful beaches, great diving, and, you know, the Caribbean food experience as well. Yeah, I saw, I'm quoting actually, tasting tours of three award-winning rum distilleries sampling organic chocolate, as you, as you said, at five chocolate factories. Gee, so you could stagger your way around Grenada on a full tummy if you really wanted to. Absolutely. I mean, the Caribbean, when it comes to, to rum, is, is a big thing, and, and, and Grenada is no exception there. It's a beautiful, lush island. Most of it's covered in vegetation. It's mountainous, volcanic. It has rivers and waterfalls, uh, which is, you know, not not in all of the Caribbean, but in, in the more volcanic areas. Frank Corkwell is calling home for us from Grenada. Uh, now, you said you're in Benji Bay. Uh, Frank, I found the Benji Bay Apartments complex for sale, brand new. It looked like 10 small apartments with a big one for the owner to live in. One and a half million dollars New Zealand. Um it sounded like a bargain. What sort of rent would you get? Does that arrangement sound like you'd be able to pay off the mortgage? It sounds like a very cheap one. Uh, I'm not sure which one you're referring to, but there's a lot of investment coming into Grenada, and, and that's the, one of the reasons why I'm here. I mean, rents here are quite high. There's a disparity, of course, uh, like most of the world these days, between the haves and have-nots. But um, if mm. you want to rent something decent here, you're going to be spending for a studio, probably the best part of a thousand US a month, than for a house with three bedrooms, anywhere upwards from two thousand US a month. Okay, it does sound like a bit of a bargain that apartment complex. All right, you were in Barbados, uh, for, which isn't far away, for a few years. What took you to that part of the world originally? So I've been working on and off for the UN since um, very early 90s. I mean, I started in Bosnia in 1992. And through connections and, and my sort of expertise in supply chain over the years, I was brought here for a, for a new office that they set up uh, as a result or in response to the Irma and Maria uh, hurricanes that tore apart some of the islands in the Caribbean, particularly Dominica, Antigua, Barbuda, uh, as well as some others, but those ones were heavily affected. And then they, um, WFP, or the World Food, Pro- Food Programme, decided to set up uh, an office in Barbados, enabling the enablers through through UN support, I suppose you could say. And the reason, I guess, Barbados was chosen is it's a little bit off the hurricane path. Um, and also you have all of the embassies international um, representation is in Barbados. You're doing important work now. Uh, you're on out on your own, I think. You're CEO of Green Feeds. You are bringing farming back to the Caribbean, I was reading. Can you explain more to us? Yeah, this, this has been a passion of mine for quite a long time. Um, I've been following the, the BSF uh, industry for probably the best part of 12 years, the black soldier fly industry, which is using insects to convert waste streams into protein for animal feed and a byproduct, which is high-quality fertilizer. I see there is a, a couple of small startups in New Zealand doing similar things. And the subspecies which exists in the Caribbean is the same one as New Zealand, oddly. I mean, they're all the same creature, but they have been. there are subspecies of them. Um, and on, on top of that, we do drying and, and hydrolyzation of of waste streams as well. Hydrolyzation is basically a 
a large pressure cooker that you can put waste from abattoirs and feathers and things and to make components for for animal feed and and for fertilizer okay so our flies are much the same as your flies that's what you were saying then yes the, this particular species here yeah, the, the black soldier fly they've been growing and growing when i first started following them i think it was like a a 10 million dollar investment and now it's a multi-billion dollar industry wow so you collect animal waste and the insects help convert it to fertilizer so the local region is the market for the fertilizer absolutely i mean i think as a result of of covid a lot of the uh, poultry pig farmers stopped producing here because the cost of feed was prohibitive so now uh, our intention is to try to bring that back by producing feed using local materials so anything organic pretty much and we're using it as a pilot that we can then explore to sort of cut and paste around the region. So your ambition is self-sustaining Caribbean islands with a greater range of food, basically. A greater range of animal feed and fertiliser, and then to allow countries to be more self-sufficient and bring back those farmers by being able to provide that feed and fertiliser for, for, for a lower cost. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, it's around 70% of the cost of raising poultry or pigs is the feed the feed cost gee that much you mentioned the multi-billion industry it's becoming where's the finance coming from for you uh, at the moment i'm i'm uh, working with a multitude of different private sector philanthropy and support from the government of grenada as well i would love dearly to be able to to go to places like guiana uh, Trinidad, Jamaica, these countries with large populations and enormous amounts of bio waste that we can then convert, empowering local people with the with skills and knowledge to to sort of take it forwards. You have a great vision, Frank. Frank Corkwell talking to us from Grenada in the Caribbean. All those years ago, where did you grow up exactly in New Zealand? I grew up in Mangaroro. I oh, was yeah. born in Paparoa at the the foothill of the Brindoons, basically, on the road out to Dargaville, the first town. I grew up on a farm. We were we were sheep and beef farmers in an area that was predominantly dairy. Then I did a an apprenticeship in, in mechanical engineering. And that's sort of been useful throughout my life, I guess, but I, I, I've been off on a bit of a tangent. I've spent most of my life doing logistics, supply chain, and a bit of construction in far-off places with little infrastructure. So I guess that stuff came in handy. The farming background, of course, is a great one too because farmers in New Zealand are very inventive and finding ways to be able to do things with very little, particularly in the in in, in the age that I grew up in, yeah. right in the in the in the seventies and eighties. So I think that all contributed to the abilities that the Kiwis bring. Um, and there is a lot of Kiwis floating around the the aid industry. I mean, I ventured off as as well. I get. Uh, sort of the need to just to check that my blood is red again and went into the private sector. I ran an, uh, an iron ore mine in, in, in the Congo, Brazzaville, Congo. Wow. Um, a crushing operation, road building operation in, in um, South Sudan and various other things along the way. Gee, you haven't shied at going to the trouble spots of the world, have you? You've been in just about all of them from what I can ascertain. Yeah, I guess you would say it's harder than what it was. But I would recommend anybody looking to do what I did would be to be in the right place at the right time, even if it means going to a, a difficult place and, and just saying, look, I'm here and I'm willing to work as a as a volunteer or 
or to help you in any way I can to, to make that little jump. Yeah, and that's probably great advice from you. But it is a jump. Uh, it doesn't sound like you've been back to New Zealand a whole lot. How much do you miss us? No, I definitely miss New Zealand. And when I when I went back last time, which was 2017, of course, I catch up with those people that I've stayed in touch with New Zealand, which is sort of dwindling. But yeah, good friends that I, that I met from school, family, went up fishing in the Three Kings, something that I always dreamt to do in New Zealand. Hmm. Um, so yeah, with those opportunities, I mean, apart from catching up with family and friends, just doing a few of the things that I that I couldn't do when I was a, a teenager or very early 20s uh, when I was there. So there's lots of good reasons to still come home. <laughs> uh, on Grenada, do you go fishing? Do you have your own boat? Do you, I imagine you're out on the water a bit. Yeah, I know. I, when I first came here, I, I rented a, a boat because Grenada's got all these safe harbours in the western end of it. So it's full of boats during the, the hurricane season. So I, I rented a boat and stayed on it for the rest of the hurricane season. And now I've moved to land. Uh, but I don't have a, a yacht or anything. I do have a dinghy. So for me to go to a lot of the bars and restaurants and places around here, it's actually faster to go by dinghy than by, by car. So it's very convenient to have that. I'm just quoting from one website or another, I forget which one. Visitors can dive into the turquoise waters to discover the world's first underwater sculpture park, zip line through tropical rainforests, or take in the lush scenery in a dune buggy tour. And you've mentioned those, but can you tell us more, please, about the underwater sculpture park? Because I did look it up, and it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I have not actually dived or even... Um snorkeled it but i one of the, the the locations that i go to on um on thursdays they have a a two ec so the currency in the eastern caribbean is called the, the the ec it's about two and a half of them to a us dollar um and that they had the the sculptors making the new sculptures that were adding to the existing sculpture park and they were absolutely brilliant of course you you can't help but see pictures of it wherever you go here. But um, I, I think it's something that I, I definitely need to do. But the quality of these um, concrete, I think they're mostly concrete sculptures, was absolutely amazing. So a whole lot of people down under the sea doing all these different things. There's a bloke at a desk doing something I couldn't fathom. Excuse the pun. Um, the, the nutmeg princess holding nutmegs. Some of these sculptures are just beautiful, aren't they? They're just beautiful things. And I think it it is one of the more popular things to do for visitors that come here. And a lot of people do come here for diving because the diving is excellent. The clarity of the water, if it's not raining too much, is, is absolutely brilliant as well. And the water's warm. Yeah, the water's warm. And just before we leave the sculptures, better to dive down. I, you've, you're alluding to this than just see them from a glass-bottomed boat. But you can go out and just look through the bottom of the boat and get a good idea too, can't you? Yes, there are some glass bottom boats here. There's, there's catamaran cruisers, there's dive boats, big ones, small ones. You can come here and charter a yacht with or without a captain. If you're into water sports, and as Kiwis probably have more yachts per capita than just about anybody else in the world, if you wanted to do the Caribbean experience, I couldn't recommend it higher. I mean, these islands across the Caribbean, particularly the Eastern Caribbean, they're only small distances apart, so you're never more than a day away from the next island with these beautiful anchorages, great food, a great experience. You, I mean, you could come up here and, and spend a couple of weeks, visit six or seven countries, 
um, and really nail the bucket list if that happened to be something that might be on it. And the food, actually, as you say, would be nice. Do you eat out a lot there? I eat out, yeah, very often, actually. I mean, tonight I'm cooking at home, but um, probably more often than night I, I, I go out for dinner. And, and it's relatively cheap, unless you want to eat really imported things. So if you wanted New Zealand lamb, so to give you an idea, I was going to buy a lamb today, uh, um, a roast, and, it, you know, a hind leg lamb roast was about the best part of 170 EC. <laughs> uh, you'd have to do the conversion for me. But I can remember as a kid um, in the wool shed killing sheep to sell to, you know, um, teachers and factory workers in the dairy factory. We would kill a whole sheep, cut it up, put it in a box, and I'd drop it off from the school bus for about $6, Kiwi. (laughs) So you can imagine now a lamb roast costs you here 160 EC, which is probably, probably somewhere in the vicinity of 100 New Zealand dollars. Yeah, I can imagine you wouldn't want to be paying that sort of money. Do you have a favourite dish, uh, you know, particular to Grenada? Well, Grenada is quite famous for its conch. Um, so here they call it lamby, and a lamby curry is something that, that should be experienced at some point. What's so good about a lamby curry? I know someone called lamby. What, what's, so, what's so different about a lamby curry? So lamby is kind of a bit like octopus or squid, ah. I mean, in texture. It's kind of chewy, but they beat it before you cook it to break down the the muscle sort of membrane within it. You can even just fry it up with some butter and onions, and it's very good. Okay. How do people get around the island? How do you get around? Well, now I have two options. I have a scooter and I have a dinghy. So I'm not young anymore, but I still enjoy that freedom of being on a dinghy or on a scooter. Yeah, I can imagine that. Is it considered rude not to say hello to locals you encounter, I was reading? It's very friendly in that sense. I mean, the Caribbean Caribbean in general is very friendly. Um, I would say Grenada is exceptionally so. And you get this feeling that when people say good morning or or good afternoon, that it comes from the heart. You get this feeling that they really mean it. Mm. It's sort of not something you say on a default setting. I, 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 I like that about Grenada. Oh, gee, anybody would like that. Are there any downsides? Uh, you've got mosquitoes, and there's been a bit of dinghy fever on the island? Yeah, there's a bit going around now. I had dengue, actually, in Barbados. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Oh. Um, and we have these um, sandflies as well that they call noceums because basically you don't see them. They're so small, right. and they're a little bit itchy, um, a little bit like going to the to the South Island, I guess, down around the fjords here. You get, you get these little biting yeah. sods as well, but... Dengue is a horrible thing. I've had malaria five times as well, wow. but that was all in Africa, and it's very compact. The, 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 the suffering is very similar. Frank, where do you nip off to when you want to get off the island for a while? Well, you know, I, I've travelled quite a lot, so I, I, I don't have that sort of need to, to nip off as much as I, I used to. I mean, if I was going to nip off now, it would probably be, be in New Zealand or, or to visit institutions that are supporting my new project the green feeds project so i mean i went to finland to ulu which is in the arctic circle uh, to look at a, a black soldier fly operation there and i'm working with german companies and dutch companies and companies out of the uk that are providing some of the uh, technical support and equipment that we need to do this because we're, we're trying to do it kind of state of the art as well so it'll be be quite um engineered Still creating employment, but not employment where it doesn't make sense. Um, 
so yeah that's sort of more my idea i mean i like it here as much as, as anywhere really gee you go everywhere don't you is it a and a lonely life in the sense that you're doing all these things and obviously you're having um meetings with all sorts of people it's a social life but it's a it's a long way from home do you feel that kind of estrangement as i guess is what i'm asking I don't think so anymore. I would say that I'm reasonably social, but I'm still a, I'm still a nervous person in, 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 the, in an interview or speaking in front of people or meeting ministers and, and officials in government. It's not my, my strength at all, but it's something that I've needed to do, and I guess it's improved over the years. But having lived more of my life outside of New Zealand than in it, yeah, no, I don't, I don't find it uh, untenable. No, you sound like a really good communicator. Will you ever come home? I don't know if I have that sort of need to come home. I mean, it's always going to be home. And I still relate to things that, you know, silly things that you do as a, as a youngster. And and you know, sometimes you know, as you get older, I mean, I'm now 56. So I, I still remember some of those things with absolute clarity. Rugby at a, at a small ground with 100 people around it. Uh, basically, the entire community comes out or playing squash. I remember those with great positive feelings, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a nationalist in the sense that I'd have to come home. And no, any, I do promote promote New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, you're loyal. In any case, Frank, at age 56, you've got an awful lot of time ahead of you away from us. It sounds like promoting this really interesting venture. So you're busy for a long time yet. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, just the other, well, just yesterday, actually, I was in contact with a Kiwi team that are working on the geothermal side of producing energy in the Caribbean. They have done already some fantastic work in Dominica. They're now exploring um, Grenada, St. Vincent, St. Lucia, and probably some other countries that I may have missed. Uh, so I do meet up with these guys every now and again. And largely thanks to our our regional ambassador or um, high commissioner, um, who's introduced me to all kinds of people in my backyard that I didn't even know were here. Good luck with green feeds and um, everything that you do there. So you're happy in your life. It sounds like a very nice place to be. No, it definitely is. And I'd recommend it to anybody who, who, who's willing to travel as far as the Caribbean, particularly if you like anything to do with the sea. Nice and warm during winter as well. A great escape. A great escape. Lovely to talk to you. Our thanks to the bird as well, but I think the bird's been fed now, has it? It's stopped chirping. Yeah, it's dusk now, so the sun's almost gone down, so I think they've given up on the parents bringing anything more today. All right, that's the answer. Very nice to talk to you, Frank. Thank you for showing us around Grenada, which you did really, really well, and, uh, and all the best for the future. Thanks very much.